Hey there, this is Jacob Osborne on the campus of Huntington University. You're listening to Rooted, an in-depth conversation with interesting people and topics that matter to the Forrester family. Make sure you subscribe to Rooted on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. You can find us by searching Forrester Radio Rooted. And you can also catch Rooted Thursday evenings at 7 on 105.5 WQHU. Today I'm joined by Tessie Geis. So, Tessie, you're a senior soccer player here at Huntington what brought you to HU? Um, a big part of it had to do with soccer, but my older brother went and played soccer here at Huntington, and so I kind of had a door there. Um, I had connections here from him, and I was looking to go to a smaller Christian school for a strong science program, which Huntington has, and um, to play soccer, which I was able to do at Huntington. So I was looking at a couple of other smaller Christian schools, but all the doors just opened for me to come to Huntington, and this was obviously where God wanted me to be. Uh, Tell us a little bit about your family and where you come from. So I was born and raised just outside of Columbus, Ohio. That's about three hours away from here. Um, I have two older brothers. One is 28, oh my gosh, and the other one is 26. Um, And yeah, we, um, let's see, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think. My oldest brother is an engineer. He graduated from Cedarville University. Um, my other brother graduated from here, and he's a physician assistant now. Um, and my dad is a doctor back home. So you didn't say you didn't mention your mom in mm-hmm. in that que- in that answer. Yep. Um, can you explain what happened? Yeah. So. My mom passed away uh, my freshman year of college, so that's coming up on three years ago. And she passed away from brain cancer that she'd been battling for eight years. Um, She was first diagnosed when my oldest brother graduated from college. Um, And was it college or was it high school? Oh, gosh, I can't. Whatever. (laughs) But um, She had a seizure in the middle of the night, and so she went and got checked out, and they found um, a tumor in her brain. So she had surgery, it was about a week later, at the beginning of that summer, Um, and then she recovered from that surgery. She went through a couple of chemotherapy treatments, um, but it knocked it out pretty well. So she was fine for like five years, but the kind of cancer that she had was really rare, Um, and my dad didn't really tell us this at the time because it would have been a big worry for us, but he kind of told us later that the kind of cancer that she had was incredibly rare, so there wasn't much research on it. They didn't really know what was going to happen with it, but at the time, they had knocked it out, and she was cancer-free, and she was in remission, so she was perfectly fine for five years. We had basically forgotten that it had ever happened, um, and then she had another seizure five years later when we were on vacation, and so got another scan, um, they had found a little bit of regrowth, they weren't sure if it was regrowth or scar tissue, but she went through chemotherapy and radiation treatments, um, and that seemed to do the trick, I think those lasted for about nine months, um, so either me or one of her friends or just whoever could would drive her to and from treatments, but she handled those really well, she was never really, really sick from them or anything, so... She handled those well, and we knocked that out. Um, And then my senior year, I found out two days after I graduated from high school that her cancer had come back, and there were two new tumors um, that had grown 
and they had started to affect her behavior, which we could kind of see, but we didn't really know why she was acting different. So the new MRI scans had shown that two new tumors had grown, and then in the span of about four months, she had completely lost the left side of her body. And so, um, so yeah, we were just trying to keep her as stable as possible for as long as we could, but then the spring of my freshman year of college, she had a stroke, lost her ability to speak, and wasn't able to continue with her treatments anymore. And so she passed um, late May, right after my freshman year of college. So, uh, What went through your mind when uh, you heard about your mom's diagnosis? The first time, or the last time, or both? <laughs> you could, yeah, both. Um, the first time, I was a lot younger, so it was really scary, but my dad was really positive. He, he was kind of the main one to bring it up. We were all there together as a family, but he was the main one to bring it up, and he said, okay, this is her diagnosis, so it's scary, but we're going to get through it as a family. She's in good hands and obviously has an incredible support system, so no matter what the future looks like, we're just going to do everything we can and stick together as a family and trust the Lord through it all. So it was really scary. It was really hard to hear that your mom had cancer, but my family was about, in my opinion, is about the best family that could have received news like that just because we're so close and we all just trusted the Lord so much. So it was scary, but it was fine. And then um, the second time was kind of similar. It's hard to hear that she had it again, but it was like, you know what, I'm knocked out the first time, I'll knock it out the second time. Third time hearing it, um, hearing the news, it was kind of like, okay, we knocked it out twice before and then we'll just do it again. But it was a little harder that time because it was like, man, this really has come back. And the fact that there were two new spots of growth, um, as much as I tried not to think this way and as much as I tried to think positively I could see how quick she was progressing and it was just more of a reality hit like there's a very possible chance that this could be really bad um so it was really really hard but it was just more of one of those things like you know what we'll just take this as it comes I don't know what's gonna happen so I need to be realistic but still positive so yeah that's just kind of how I took it the third time so I've I've heard that your mom was very uh, into the church that you mm-hmm. guys attended. Mm-hmm. So how did your church family, so to say, uh, so to speak, how did that affect them? I I could not even put into words the reaction that our church family had. Um, she wasn't necessarily one of those people that was like front runner taking head of all these different organizations in the church or blah blah blah. She just always had her foot in something and was helping out behind the scenes some way and somehow. And everybody just knew her as just an angel of a woman <laughs> that never liked to be the center of attention but was one of like the strongest people in their faith ever. So with each time there is a new diagnosis, our church family just surrounded us with everything, but especially that last year when it was really, really bad. Um, we were just almost bombarded, not in a bad way, but bombarded with 
um, people visiting, letters, text messages, um, special things in her honor, like just people coming up and saying sweet things, just asking how they could help. And like, sometimes that's a blessing and a curse because so many people asking, let me help, let me help. It's like, ah, you can't. <laughs> but um, just about, I don't know, every effort in every way possible from about everybody in our church that we knew um, and even people we didn't know, like, they're just people asking, like, listen, I don't know their family that well, but if there's some way that I could help or just even just giving, like, we gave people certain things to pray for because they knew that they're like, there's only so many people that can help and sometimes it can get too overwhelming. But our entire church, we have a decent sized church, everybody was praying for us and everybody would just let us know, like, listen, our whole network is praying for you and this whole network is praying and like it was absolutely incredible to just see how our church family reacted to our small family's little problem and just made it made it their own so that was it was really powerful it was really really cool that's that's awesome mm -hmm. it's it's so great to see a community uh come around mm -hmm. and surround people that are going through a rough time yeah. um i'd like to s i'd like to think that hu does that as well oh and i didn't e i didn't even get into hu <laughs> i was just talking about my church family if i can make a little side yeah, story i'll keep it that. short but being a freshman here at this new college where like people kind of knew me a little bit especially because mm -hmm. my brother they knew my name and i was on the soccer team whatever but i really didn't know that many people and I could not have felt more loved and cared for by perfect strangers than I did here. Like, I had professors that sent me cards when I hadn't been in their class for more than maybe four weeks in the spring. Eh, maybe it was like six weeks. After spring break, I had to go home and commute once a week to take tests, but... I wasn't able to live here on campus for her last two months that she was alive. So basically after spring break, I was home for most of the time and like a commuter from like three hours away. And the professors that I had, when I sat down and talked with them, they, I cried in their office and they cried with me and they sent me letters of encouragement and of prayer and people that I didn't even know their names of at the school were just sending me messages. Hey, we're praying for you. I don't know how to help, but I'm just doing all that I can to help because I feel for you. And, like, people helped me move my stuff out. And it was just, I couldn't even begin to say how thankful and how blessed I was by Huntington when I was brand new here. So that was just awesome, too. So, how yeah, a little side note. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. Um, how did this, how did this whole, I don't want to say situation, but no, it was fine. Situation. <laughs> yeah. How did this whole situation affect your faith? In indescribable ways. Like, I told you this a little bit before, but I've been a Christian for my entire life. I've grown up in the church. I've never doubted God. God has been so real to me in so many ways before. But I don't think, I don't think that I could ever doubt God ever because of all this and I don't think I would have experienced his true grace I know that sounds cliche and 
I always thought that that was a cliche term until I truly experienced it through this situation. Um, but yeah, I would have never been able to experience the true grace and joy and hope and just like peace that doesn't even make sense. Um, that can only come from him. Like our whole family, I think I can speak for all of us cause we talked about it. Um, my whole family, when we should have been feeling at rock bottom, like obviously that was the biggest heartbreak we've ever had. And we like, it was just horrible for us because we were all so close with her and she was just an absolute angel. So it was so hard for all of us to go through that and to see her go through all that. But when we, when we should have been at rock bottom, we still somehow felt joy and we felt hope and we just felt these positive feelings and thoughts because we knew that she was going to be in a better place and like she had lived her whole life so in love with the Lord and so we were just so thankful that she was not going to be trapped in this body that was failing on her for much longer and that she finally like made it to that finish line that she had been working for day in and day out and we were just so thankful and just happy for her for the place that she was going and like we knew it would suck for us but like I don't know I just I could just go on and on and I won't bore you with the details of all of it but like I just don't I would have never understood God in the way that I do now because of that whole situation so while I wish it wasn't on those terms I'm so thankful for being able to experience all of that because I can go on as you can tell I can go on and on about her and about how the Lord worked in the situation in the most miraculous ways and just crazy ways um so yeah it's just it's really indescribable how how much deeper I know and understand the character of God now he, he picks us up mm-hmm. when we're at rock bottom. Yeah. That's that's so cool. There's many situations that are similar to yours mm-hmm. in our community, um, some that we don't even know about. Mm-hmm. Um, what advice would you give to those uh, going through this, the similar situation? For people going through a similar situation, um, I mean, my family went through, I would just say, whether you've heard these before or not, um, really cling tight to your family. Um, and whether your family is your close, like tight family, your, your immediate family, or whether that's extended family, or whether friends or just people you know have become your family, cling tight to those people because those are the ones that you can have good days with and talk about the good times you had with that loved one and those are the same people that you can barge into their room crying because you don't even know why or you're just overcome with emotions or just just overwhelmed and just tired like those are the people that you can go and do those things and don't have to explain it to and you need like it is so important to be able to do those things um and to piggyback off of that Probably the biggest thing that my pastor and my dad both helped me understand and to perform was to, whether the loved one is going through something like cancer or going through last days or just a hard time or whether that person has passed already, 
don't brush off emotions. They all suck. They Heartbreak is the worst thing to have to go through, but it is so important to just feel and experience and just deal with every single emotion that comes. So denial of what's happening is probably the worst thing you can do. Um, and that doesn't mean having to feel those feelings every single moment of every day. Um, the best advice my dad has ever given me was to deal with things as they come for a while. And then when they get to be too much, when you can't deal with them or struggle to deal with them anymore, then put it up on the shelf. It doesn't mean you're forgetting about it. You're just going to return to it later. So deal with things as they come in a healthy way. But as soon as you start getting overwhelmed, just put it off, get your mind on something else, and then return to those things later. So you will deal with them in good time, but you're not completely overwhelming yourself and depressing yourself and everything. So, um, so yeah, I would definitely say those things. And then of course, just give everything to God because situations like this, how are you, there's no guidebook. There's no handbook on how to deal with them on how to know what emotions are okay to feel and what you should be feeling and everything. And it honestly is completely out of your control. Like, I would still have my mom, who's my best friend in the entire world. I would still have her here, of course. But obviously that wasn't God's plan, and I still don't understand that, but that wasn't God's plan for her life. And when God's plan is coming through, you realize really, really quickly that you have nothing to stop it, that you have no control to stop it. So... As hard as that sounds, it's relieving to know, okay, I'm just going along with the flow. Like, if I don't have control of this, I didn't give her this cancer. I couldn't save her. It's all up to God, and he knows best. So it's hard to deal with at first, but it is relieving that it's just like, you know what? I'm just here to go along with the flow and react in the best way that I can. So just fully trusting your life, your loved one's life, your family's life the future of everything, just putting that all in God's hands is probably the most, I don't know, yeah, just the most relieving and peaceful feeling ever. So that's probably what I would say about that. I, I can't add anything to that. That's, <laughs> yeah, well said. Oh, thank you. Um, anything else that you want to say? Um, like, you just thought of something during a question that was for a different question, but I actually thought of a question. Um, <laughs> I know we talked uh, a couple days ago about uh, your situation. Mm -hmm. um, how did this, how did your situation affect your life at home? I know you talked about with your dad. Mm -hmm. You guys, like, Trying to figure everything out. Yeah, <laughs> so that's kind of a funny story. My dad and I have always been really, really close. Um, there was like a span of a year or two in high school when I was just being a stupid teenage girl and like we didn't get along the best. It was completely on me, not on him. He was a great dad through all of it. But um, through all of this, I, I was always closer with my mom than I was with my dad just because we meshed. Um, and after all of this, my dad and I, it was just us at home for that summer when she passed. Like, my brother had to take a break of a week from PA school 
to come home for the funeral and everything like that. But after that week was done, he had to go back and he had his own world to try to figure out juggling school with that. And then my other brother, Jordan, lived in another apartment in Columbus. So he would make it home all the time, but he was just living in a different place. So it was just me and my dad at home. And that was a, such a good summer. It was so weird. <laughs> so weird being at home and just not having her there. Um, even though she couldn't talk at the end, but just not having her presence there. It was so weird, but um, as strange as this sounds, and this is what I was telling you, but my dad and I were almost living like, please don't take this out of context, we're almost trying to figure out life like newlyweds would because it's like, who goes to the grocery store? Who's going to do the dishes? Who's going to cook? How do we want to do this stuff? Having to take care of bills. I had to, like, organize my dad's bills because, like, my mom would always do that before. And having, like, I would make sure he had food for when he went to work and when he came home and, like, just things like that. I mean, he was having to experience life, like, kind of as a bachelor or whatever for the first time in, they were married for over 30 years. So for the first time in over 30 years, he was having to figure out life as, like, a single man. And I was trying to do my best to take care of him in the best way possible. And, of course, he was trying to take care of all the kids, too. But he had been going at 150% taking care of him and her because she was completely dependent um, for so long. And he did that so well. And so I could just tell how exhausted he was. So as much as he was still trying to take care of his kids... It was kind of time for the kids to take care of him a little bit, too. And because I was the only one living at the house, I just was really trying to do my best to make sure that he was grieving well and just doing everything he needed to to just take care of himself. Um, but, yeah, it was it was so weird. It was really hard, but we did a lot of, like, it was such a good summer, too, because we just really reconnected and... Um, Gosh, this is gonna. This is the thing that gets me crying out of all of it. But, um, what? Oh, thank you. I didn't even see this. Um, but my dad's probably my favorite person on the planet now. And once again, that's another hidden blessing in all of this because my mom and I were best friends, and I would have never gotten as close to my dad as I am now if it wasn't for all that. Um, and. Like, every time he comes and visits me at school, I still cry when he leaves, like, every time. And I just have never known, I've never gotten to experience just uh, how truly and just genuinely good my dad is. And just seeing how he cared for my mom and hearing him talk about just everything after she passed and just hearing his heart about how much he loved her. And just hearing his thoughts and everything through all of this and just him sharing how much he loves us kids through all of it. And I don't know. I just have this new level of respect for my dad that I don't think I could have for anybody else ever. Um, so we spent that summer just doing, just going on father-daughter dates all the time, going everywhere together, doing everything together. And... As hard as life was then and as weird as it was, I would I would never replace that summer for anything because, like, we just reconnected on a way that was just crazy. So, so yeah, it was, 
it was a lot of getting used to just kind of living life a new way, but it was just new. It wasn't bad. It wasn't ideal, but it was just new and so much good has come from it since. So shout out to my dad for being like the best person (laughs) on planet earth. Um, and after that, he, for whoever has been to the soccer field, the whole pavilion that, um, that's, it's just like where the stands are and everything. If anybody remembers that from a while ago, it was just gravel and it looked pretty run down. It was really old. And my dad donated money to have that pavilion redone in my mom's name. So that's the Christine A. Geist Pavilion now. Um, my dad just kind of did that as a little memento for her just to keep her name here at the school and everything so yeah that's awesome so now we'll get to the is there anything else that you want to say (laughs) um I I did want to mention something about the pavilion I was able to kind of sneak that in there but it is gorgeous and there's a plaque in her name that was dedicated to her um let me try. I'll have to keep out, keep a lookout. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so pretty. They always put like flowers and everything like that up for each coming soccer season. Um, she she was able to see my freshman year season. Um, so her and my dad came to about every home game and even almost every away game too. They were crazy. <laughs> making it all the way through um but it she was just the cutest thing ever she would sit on the stand she was in a wheelchair um and her left arm didn't work at all but she would just sit there whether it was blazing hot or whether it was freezing cold she'd sit there in her wheelchair with my dad standing behind her my dad was wearing his hat and my mom always had her foam finger because her voice she could still talk but it was really weak then um, so she would sit there at every game in her wheelchair with her foam finger and I would always look over and she'd just be waving it even if we'd be down by five goals. <laughs> she would still have her foam finger up and just be waving that all 90 minutes of every game. Um, and that was just, I couldn't get mad in games. Yes, I'd be mad for a little bit, but I'd look up and I'd see her and I just, I don't know. It was just so cool to see her and my dad's support even when she was her body was failing her and she was still making the effort to come to every single one of my games so yeah my dad still has that foam finger up in his office that foam finger's never going away but yeah that was probably one of my favorite memories of just soccer here at Huntington because that was just awesome it's cool so yeah I can't really I don't know I feel like I've talked a lot and I feel like I've given about as much of the general rundown as I can. can't cool. really think of anything else. How can we pray for you and your family? Um, let's see. I guess we're, we're all at a pretty good point now with everything. We still talk about her all the time, but we're at a pretty good point um, after we made it through the grieving process. I guess just pray that throughout our lives as we keep moving on and living on and everything after all that happened that we can just still make sure that we're honoring her and honoring the Lord and um, just living our lives out in a way that would make um, just make her proud and that we just keep involving her and her legacy in as much of our lives as we can Um, and also 
just a little like side thing, but during her second bout with cancer, my brother also um, got thyroid cancer and everything, and he's in remission currently, but he's always getting scans to see if things come back, so that's kind of a little separate thing, but um, kind of his experience with cancer and my mom's experience with cancer were all kind of meshed into one, so, um, so yeah, just a prayer for the health of our family in general, <laughs> and um, just that we can just keep living our lives in a way that would make her proud and make the Lord proud and everything. That's awesome. Thank you for coming in. Yeah, no problem. I was happy to do it. Thank you, Tessie, for joining me on this episode of Rooted, and thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe to Rooted on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And remember, you can listen to Forrester Radio over the air in Huntington on 105.5 WQHU or stream us anytime, anywhere on ForresterRadio.com. Stay rooted, H.U.